Welcome to the podcast of Vertical Life Church. We hope and pray these messages encourage and challenge you to find your glorious purpose in Christ Jesus. For more information, visit us on the web at www.vlchurch.tv. Today, we are starting something unprecedented in the life of our church, in my personal life. I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to tell you that in just about all ways. You think, you know, when you see a pastor up on stage preaching the Word of God, you kind of get the sense that he knows what he's doing, that he's got it all figured out, that his life's just perfect, and, and that he's like closer to heaven than anyone else. That is completely false. I'm just as broken and messed up. I have struggles, and my walk of faith sometimes is the hardest thing I can do just to get up out of the morning and be obedient. But I want to honor the Lord because he's worthy of it. He's worth it. And I'm going to share a burden that's been on my heart for some time, not just for our church, but for me personally. And I'm going to invite you to take this journey with me. And I just, I believe that God has something special for us. And I don't think we could really understand all that that means, but we're just kind of kind of dive in to this burden. Because I just believe the Spirit of God is leading us into a new season of pursuing His presence. I think it's no secret that the world is falling apart faster than we've ever seen in the history of humankind. Anytime Israel's involved in anything, it's biblically significant. And I just got a sense that the Lord was calling us to pursue his presence for a specific reason on his heart. And as I was praying into this, I'm beginning to hear, you know, some of the people I, I follow online, hearing them say the same thing, that God is like brewing something in the body of Christ. And so whatever this is, I think he's setting us up to be ready to receive it and walk through it with him. And so I'm excited and nervous at the same time because I have no idea what that means. But how many of you believe that there's more that God wants to do in you and in this place? How, do you believe it? I mean, I mean, we come to church often to hear a message and, and because we, we say we believe in God. We say we believe the Bible's true. We say we believe the promises. But sometimes we just come in because that's what we've always done or we've been doing it for a while. And I just, I always have to stop back and ask the question, do I really believe this? Because if I really believed it, it would change things in my life. Th some things would matter more than others, and some things that really matter wouldn't matter all that much. And so I have to ask that question, and I ask it to us corporately, because we have to wrestle with that. Do we really believe God wants to do more in me, that he has more for me, and he has more for this church? And 1 Thessalonians 1.5, and I'm going to read this, and we're going to pray. It's just it's a verse I grapple with all of the time. Paul tells this to the church. He says, for when we brought you the good news, that's the gospel, it was only with word, it wasn't only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know our concern for you from the way we lived and when we were with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just, again, I thank you for your presence. You fell in this place before anybody else was even here. God, and I just ask you to have your way this morning. God, I don't know what you're about to lead us into, but I am excited because, God, we want everything that you have for us. 
God, we want to know you. Just like two weeks ago when you fell in this room as we're talking about the glory of God and the holiness of God. God, that's our prayer. That's our heart that you would show us your glory, that we would know you and be able to live to honor you and advance your kingdom. So, God, we are your people. And I just pray, God, that you would speak through me, breathe upon the word afresh, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind that understands, and a heart that can believe and receive everything you have for us, God. And we ask, God, that what you began two weeks ago, you would continue today. In Jesus' name. Paul says few things in this that jumps out at me. He says, when I first brought you the good news, that means when I first came to your region, your area, and I shared with you about Jesus for the very first time, he says, I didn't come just with words, but also with power. That's significant. And then he says, the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance. See, you can listen to a lot of speeches. You can listen to every TED Talk online, and you can get a lot of information. But there's a difference between getting information and encountering the power of God. And so Paul says, this is what happened when I brought you the gospel. I didn't just tell you facts about a man who lived that did amazing things. The Holy Spirit proved what I was saying was true through me as I ministered among you. And that's why we lived the way we lived among you, because we wanted you to be sure of the things that we said were true, not because we told you, but because the Spirit of God moved in you and through you. So the full gospel, according to Paul, is not just the preaching of the word, it's also the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. There is there's this marriage between information and transformation that comes through the encounter with God. And that's what he hoped to bring the Thessalonians. In Romans chapter 15, verse 19, this is what the Word of God says. It says, they were convinced. Somebody say convinced. convinced. They were convinced by what? The long teaching and message? They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. He's saying, when I went out in my missionary journey, what convinced people wasn't how great of a speaker I was. It wasn't how amazing I could illustrate and expound information. God showed up, and when God moved, people believed. And Paul didn't consider the gospel fully preached without the accompanying movement of the power of God. And I wonder... Is this why it's so hard for us to walk in faith, to stay faithful, to stay committed, to stay engaged, because we're missing out on a big part of the gospel we preach, a big part of the life of faith we were intended to live. Paul in 1 Corinthians 4.20, he said this, he says, the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it's living by God's power. You can't talk yourself into heaven. You can't talk yourself into the Christian life. It's through the power of God. How would you describe your life? Can everything that you do in your life today be accomplished in your own strength? But are you doing it in your own strength? Do you see more of the power of God in your life than you do your own strength at work? 
why is anxiety and depression at an all-time high in this world? It's because we're doing everything. We're being our own gods, controlling our own lives. And when our lives are out of control, we feel out of control and we fall apart. But when God's in control and God's power is at work, there's peace. So what describes your life? Are you doing everything in your own strength? If you are, why do you need God? Why do you need Him? God's supernatural power, His supernatural presence should follow you. Isn't that what it says in Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod and his staff comfort me. He anoints my head with oil. He prepares a table before me. And what? Surely his goodness and his mercy. His goodness is his power. His goodness is his presence. His goodness is his essence, his being. His goods. That's what Moses asked for. God, show me your glory. And what did he respond? I will show you all my goodness. His goodness and his mercy, his presence and his power will follow you all the days of your life. And where will you dwell? In the house of the Lord. In the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a lot of talk. Talk's cheap in the kingdom. And I feel as time goes on, I mean, we've all had those moments. If you are a Christian, you've had at least one moment in your life where you came face to face with the presence of God. That's why you believed. God showed up, your heart was wrecked, and you're like, man, I need God. And you said yes to Jesus. That may have been your only encounter, but you've had at least one. But as time goes on between encounters, what we forget is possible, is the impossible, and we often lose the fire to pursue God's presence. A friend of mine had an encounter at his church. He, he actually, it's, truth be told, we're going to be a lot of honest today, okay? Can you handle it? We're going to be honest. So he was a mess. He was a wreck. He's old, older, older pastor. He was ready to retire. He was looking for a replacement, and he offered me a job. When I went to go speak at his church, the first time anyone's ever asked me to come speak at his church, after the fact, he said, I just feel like there's a connection. I really want you to replace me and head, up my, head, head my church up. I, I would love to hand it over to you in you know, a couple of years. Would you consider praying about that? Like, he's ready to be out. And I just didn't feel confirmed in my spirit that God was leading in that direction. And he was, he's just struggling. He was struggling. So he just did what we know how to do. He went into a season of fasting and prayer and just calling on God because his, his heart wasn't right. He was feeling disconnected. The, the church was okay, but things just weren't going you know, the way he knew that they could go. And one day, God showed up in his church, literally. He left the office one day, and it wasn't with him, which is hilarious. But this is often how God works. He left the office one day, as he did, and his secretary was there uh, her name was Lynette, to close up, and as she did every day, her normal routine was to check all the doors, make sure they were locked, and then, uh, you know, everything was okay, then she'd get her stuff, she'd go and she'd take off, but every once in a while, since Lynette has a gift of discernment, if she felt like something was off, she would go into the security room and check the cameras, just to make sure nobody's still in the room, nothing weird's going on, and, uh, and if everything was okay, she would get her stuff together and she would leave, but one day, when she just felt something was off, she checked the cameras, and she saw something in the auditorium that boggled her mind. 
there's no light on the auditorium. Somehow the infrared or the night vision on, the, on their security cameras was picking this up. And this is completely undoctored. This is not messed with anyway, except for I cut, cut it down because the video was a lot longer than it is. So I'm going to show you what was going on in the auditorium with this first video. You see it? There's an orb flowing around. And here's the crazy thing. When you watch it, it flows to the back of the room. You see the reflection of it on the back wall, cascade. And it goes up and down the aisles of their church, back and forth, back and forth, over and over and over again. So needless to say, as she's watching this, she's freaking out a little bit. Enough to get her phone out and videotape the security camera with her cell phone because there wasn't a way to rec like record it any other way. So she propped her phone up to record what's going on in the security camera. And now she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go and see if I can see this thing. So she goes into the auditorium, and it's pitch black. She can't see a thing. But she says, when I entered the auditorium, I was so overwhelmed with the presence of God. I began to worship. And you see her walk in and stop. And I'm going to show you the next video. And I want you to see what happens when she stops and begins to praise the Lord. should see her come out of the back in just a second. Again, it's still flowing around the room. Here she comes. You can see it flowing in the room. Going around the top. And now she's walking in in the back. She's already got her hands out. She's praising and worshiping the Lord. And it's continuing to go up and down the aisles. And she stops and puts her hands out. And it comes to her as she's praising the Lord and begins to circle around her as she's worshiping God, bawling her eyes out in awe of his presence. She sees nothing. She sees absolutely nothing. Pitch black room. And it's flying around her as she's ministering to the Lord. And what's really cool, in just a minute, she turns and walks by, walks back, It begins to follow her. Surely his goodness and his mercy will follow me. The Bible says we entertain angels unaware. For whatever reason, God enabled this camera to film something supernatural. And what's amazing is, is that moment ignited not only his faith, but the church went into revival and had weeks of incredible services and began to completely turn around because of this visitation. And I just think, what are we missing? We have no idea what's going around us at any given moment. 
we often walk in to church on Sundays and we walk out and we've entertained angels unaware. There are things happening in the spiritual realm all around us, all of the time, and we miss it. So why don't we see the power of God? Why don't we see these things? Why, how come we haven't had these encounters? Well, I came across this verse, Ecclesiastes 5.1. As Solomon is talking about approaching God with care, I just want you to absorb what he says. As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It's evil to make mindless offerings to God. It's evil to make mindless offerings to God. What's that mean? It means if you come in with a numb heart and a numb mind and you just go through the motions, that's evil. When you enter the house of God, when you gather with the saints, come with your ears open, ready to hear from the Lord, and your mouth shut. Come in a position, in a posture of awe and wonder of the glory of God. Because God is here, He is speaking, He is moving. And when we come disconnected, half dead, half asleep, barely wanting to be there, just there because, man, if I don't, I'll feel bad about myself the rest of the week, don't come. Don't come. You wasted your time. You could have got an extra couple of hours of sleep on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning. But for those who want Encounters with the glory of God. Come. Come. Come with your mouth closed, your ears open, hungry and ready. Psalm 51, 17, David says, the sacrifice God desires is a broken spirit. You'll not reject a broken and repentant heart. The awe of God, the, the heart of his people needs to be in a posture, in a position where we are coming broken and hungry for the presence of Almighty God. And if we don't come with that posture, we can't complain when we don't see God move among us. So the first reason is, is I believe we've just taken his presence for granted. As a church, as a people, as the body of Christ, not just here, but everywhere. It's, it's all over everywhere. I've been guilty of this. The second reason I believe, specifically in our context, is I believe it's my fault. I believe it's my fault we haven't seen more movement of the Lord here. That there's kind of this lid. I've felt this for a long time, that God is just like at the door, ready to burst out. But it's like there's this lid that's keeping him back. And I just, I have been feeling, in a sense, that it's kind of my fault as the the pastor leader of this church, and I came to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I just wept when I read this passage. This is everything that I feel like I've been struggling with in my ministry, even for the last nine years, and we're just going to kind of go through it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you, and this full confession today, and beginning in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, here's what Paul says. Again, it's very similar to what we read before. He said, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid, and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. 
Rather than using clever, persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. See, as a pastor today, it's, it's kind of difficult to compete with all of the competing voices. There's about 50 different good churches in this area. There's a plethora of amazing teaching online. And if you're just coming to church to get good teaching, you don't even need to come now. You can just turn on your computer, your smartphone, and you can get a lot of crazy good at teaching. So there's pressure as a pastor, as a teacher, to become a better speaker, to, to come up with to greater things. I'm not going to lie. We used to have this guy that, that came to our church named Jeff. We'd call him Hallelujah Jeff because I would just have to breathe right, and I'd get a, oh, hey, Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. One time we almost thought he was going to swear. It's like, oh, hallelujah, you know. It was great. When you guys are more responsive, I'm like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. This is good. Let's keep it going, right? You know, Janice throws out that, mm-hmm, you know, on the front row. And I'm like, you better believe it. Yes, get, spang that devil. Right? Feels good. But there's pressure to try to reproduce that every week. To try to, okay, God... Here's I, I know that you're telling me this is what we're talking about, but now how can I describe this in a way that will stick with people, that will, that will connect with people, that will get, get that response? And, and I pray, and I know God is leading me in what I'm speaking, but still there's that thing, there's that area where I just feel like I have to keep doing better. I keep have to keep outdoing the last one. I still feel myself trying to come up with those memorable statements. I mean, you've been there at conferences. You've heard those pastors. They have those little one-liner zingers. You know, there have been times where I used to put in my message, I call it the key point, and I try to come up with a one-liner zinger for every message. Because I was hoping then I'd see a bunch of tweets or, or posts on Facebook, oh, Pastor Joey, this, that, and the other. You know. When I get up here, whether you know it or not, I'm kind of an anxious mess. I feel kind of outside of myself. And one of the things that I've been wrestling with for, for many months now is the fact that I trust my, my notes so much. And you're like, well, that's not a big deal. It's like I've had, you know, you do a good job. A lot of you are very complimentary, and I, I appreciate that. But I just have felt like there's this thing, there's this sense of control, this lack of release that I just haven't been able to let go because I feel like that if I don't stick to my notes, I'm going to get, my train of thought's going to get lost and I'm going to go off. I'm not going to know what to say and I'm going to be embarrassed and mess it up and then everyone's going to be like, well, I'm not coming back to that church. It's real. I mean, last week, Pastor Mike, he did an amazing job. He had this whole big thing of notes. It was in your worship guide, and he didn't even look at him. He just let it go, and he redirected his entire message because he sensed the Holy Spirit was going a different route. And if it were me, I probably would have still preached the notes. Not that I might not have felt the Spirit give me a couple of things to say, but that's how I struggle with deviating from the plan that I've had before me. And so Paul, he says, when I came to you, I came in weakness, timid, and trembling, but my struggle is, is I try to come up here bold and confident, ready to encourage and build up and strengthen and, and set out. So I try to overcome those feelings in my life rather than just coming in my weakness. And if his strength is made perfect in our weakness, then really what I'm doing is I'm defeating the purpose. And so I repent to say this, that we have a lid, and I think it's me, trying to come in persuasive speeches. Paul goes on in verse 6, he says... 
when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, His plan that was previously hidden, though we though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That's what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God's prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his, by who? His, his spirit. For his what? His spirit searches out everything and knows or shows us God's deep secrets. That's pretty cool. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a believer, you've been saved, redeemed, born again, you've what? Received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so you can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. You know what he just said? He said, if you have the spirit of God in you, you know the mind of God. The mind of God rests in you. That's why all believers can prophesy. That's why everyone can see visions and dream dreams, and that's why everyone has a connection to God. We don't need to go to a church and speak to a pope or anything like that. You can go directly to God before his throne of grace and find mercy and the help in time of need. We have access to the mind. Just think about that. You have access to the mind of God who spoke everything into existence, who created everything, who, who decided that DNA was going to be a thing. And that it would do stuff that we can't even figure out today. You have access to the very mind of God. And when it comes to our services, as I'm seeking the Lord, I mean, this is just how it works for me. I pray and I ask God for what we're going to do. He like, implants an idea and then I go to work trying to figure it out. Trying, trying to plan, trying to craft, trying to you know, make this clever message that will connect and encourage rather than just waiting on the Lord and asking God what He wants to say. And I've gotten caught up in this modern sermon series. You know, This is kind of a popular thing with pastors. We do sermon series, right? With new logos, new advertisements, trying to catch and lure people in, rather than just speaking the words of God. I've been caught up in it. The hype, the promotions, trying to attract people with technology, rather than just letting the Spirit of God Release his power and work in people's lives. And here Paul says, you know what? When I came to you, I forgot everything else but Christ crucified. Paul was probably one of the most well-trained Pharisees that lived. And he said, I forgot all that. And I just came with a simple message. Jesus Christ died for your sins. And then I let the Holy Spirit work. I forgot everything else. And I just waited on the Lord to move. In Acts chapter 10, verse 33, Peter has a dream. Some messengers go fetch him. He goes to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile's home, which was a big deal for them. And he goes in and he begins to have conversation. And after he preaches a message, like halfway through his message, the Holy Spirit falls they're filled with the Spirit. It's this incredible thing. Like, the Spirit of God didn't even wait for the altar call. I mean, he just interrupted the whole thing. Peter's like midstream, and Spirit's like, nope, we're doing it now. And he just falls, and people start manifesting in gifts, speaking in tongues, the whole thing. But I, what I love about this verse is as he's talking to Cornelius, even before he goes in to preach, he says, Cornelius says to, to Peter, 
I sent for you at once, because he had an angel visitor that told him what to do. He said, I sent for you at once, and it was good for you to come. Now we're all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. So here's these Gentile believers, or they, they don't really know what to believe at this point. Cornelius has this dream, this vision of an angel. He sends for Peter. Peter's there. The people gathered together to hear what God would say through Peter. So that's their posture. We've come for one reason. We're going to wait before God to hear the message that the Lord has given you. And what happened next? Peter just began to speak what God put on his heart, and the power of God was released. Peter didn't prepare a three-point sermon. He spoke as he was moved by the Holy Spirit. And the two things happened. They were filled, they were moved, and they were added to the church. So people waited on the word of the Lord with a desperation for his presence. Peter spoke what the Spirit revealed in the moment. And I just believe that that's what God wants to lead us into for the next little bit. However long it goes. That we're going to enter a season where I'm going to call on you to come to wait before the Lord to hear what God's going to speak. And I'm going to come and I'm going to wait for God to tell me what to speak. And that's really what Paul's saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He continues in verse 13. He says, when we tell you these things, we don't use words that come from human wisdom. It's like, I didn't pre-plan this stuff. I didn't craft how I was going to say what I was going to say. I didn't try to make it relevant to the culture so that, you know, it works with today's you know, way of thinking. He said, instead, we speak words given to us by the Holy Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. I came with the words of the Lord. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. They can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. What does that mean? That means this isn't for everybody. Only the hungry. Only the thirsty. Only the people who don't care about religion. They care about a relationship with God. People that want to encounter God, grow in God, honor God, live for God, speak the Word of God, go out and change the world for God. That's who this is for. It's not for everybody. People who want His glory to be revealed, who want to do His will, who want to worship with hearts that are on fire for the King of glory, who want greater faith in order to walk in greater obedience. That who this is for. But the uninterested, well, they're not going to stick around. We get into an hour, they're gone. Because they're not hungry. They're just buying time. And they lack an appetite because they just don't understand. They don't get it. And I, I understand that there was a time where I used to not believe any of this. I just thought, it's me and King Jesus, and that's it. I used to not even acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit. But this is for people who recognize that there's something greater God wants to do. There's something more that God wants to do. Verse 15, it says, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. If you have the Spirit in you, you have the mind of Christ, God wants to teach you some deep and amazing things. He wants to show you stuff. He's got deep and mysterious things to reveal to you, to tell you, to show you. He loves taking his children deeper into the knowledge of who he is. But to speak with divine authority, we must use divine words. 
words the world can't understand because they're not plugged into the mind of Christ. And that's the burden that's been on me. And I just believe God wants to show up here. God wants to do some incredible things in this. There's greater things that he wants us to see than we've seen before. He wants to pour out his spirit on us. I don't know. Do you feel it? Am I the only one? But for that to happen, to break through the lid, we got to come expecting, hungry, and ready, and willing to wait on the Lord. Jeremiah 14, 22. Can any of the worthless foreign gods send rain? Does it fall from the sky by itself? No. You are the one, O Lord, our God. Only you can do such things. So we will what? We will wait for you to help us. Can any other God do this? Nope. Only Yahweh God. So what are we going to do? We're going to wait on him. We're going to wait on him to do what he said he would do. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. This is going to press your patience. This is going to press everything inside of you to go the other way. But God is, I just believe God is saying, if my people come who are called by my name will humble themselves, get before me, that he is going to pour out a blessing that I'm telling you is going to rock every fabric of our lives. But we got to wait. This is what we're going to do starting next week. We're not going to do church as usual. We're going to come, no plan, no schedule. And we're just going to wait on the Lord. We'll have communion. You can give your tithes and worship. We'll, we'll have songs prepared, but we're going to let the Holy Spirit lead. Tony may have a selection of songs. We may do them all. We may do one. God may move on someone's heart to pray. We might give a prophetic member a word, and I'll wait on God to give me a teaching. And we're just going to do old-fashioned church like they did in 1 Corinthians 12. Someone came with a song. Someone came with a teaching. Someone came with a prophecy. And let everything be done, be done decently in order for the equipping, encouragement, and benefit of the church. And what I'm doing is I'm trusting in the promises of God. Psalm 81.10, the Lord said to his people, he said, it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. So open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. And that's what I'm going to be meditating on this week. God, let me empty myself. Let me empty what I want to say, that you fill my mouth with your words, that you speak. So I'm not going to be preparing notes. I'm not going to be doing anything but preparing my heart. And my challenge to you is you do the same thing. You prepare your heart. You get along with God each day. Maybe enter into some fasting and prayer, and you just come and say, God, whatever is distracting me and disconnecting me, God, I want you to get that out of the way. And I want to give my time and my attention to you because when I gather with your church on Sunday, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. And so I invite everyone to prepare themselves. And when we pray for each other, it's not just flattering words released, that it's the power of God. The power of God. Don't you want to be in a place where God finds it a pleasure to send his angels to minister among us? Where the spirit can be poured out. People can be healed. I still believe God heals today. I still believe Jesus' name is powerful today. I just, man, I just, I'm so excited for what God wants to do. I was praying even before church today that breakthrough would happen as people walk through the door. They just start walking through the door and stuff starts falling off. Not clothes, not anything like that. 
I'm talking spiritual things, depression, anxiety, sickness, you know, just thoughts of suicide, of demons that have been manifesting in your house, lose their authority just as they walk through the door because this is a tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. This is where God's people meet. God's presence is poured out. And I just believe that when God breaks loose in this place, man, this community is going to change. It's going to change. And that's what I want. I just want to honor the Lord. And I invite you to join me. Let's bow for prayer. God, we're excited for this next season. We're excited for what you're calling us into, God. And I just, I just believe that today's the day we begin. So, God, we're going to wait on you. I believe, God, even now, there's, there's the people in this room that are so convicted that what they need to do is just get on their hands and knees before you and start confessing some things. God, I believe the awe of God is here in this room. God, I believe that there are people there that are, are racked with doubt and skepticism, and that's okay. I have grace for that. I know how that feels, but God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you draw them and give them the courage. Courage is not absence of fear. It's obedience in the face of fear. And I just pray you give them courage to seek you and to pursue you, even when they don't understand. Trusting that promise that if we believe you exist, you reward those who diligently seek you. God, there are people with heavy hearts today. God, I know that you're already speaking. And so, God, for the next little bit, as Jim begins to lead us, God, we're going to just let you lead this. If you have a word you want to share through our prophetic team, God, we are ready to receive it. God, if you want to pour your healing power out and heal, God, we're ready to release it. And God, we're just going to give you this time. In Jesus' name. From all of us at Vertical Life Church, we want to say thank you for listening. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to www.blchurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you and God bless.